0: Welcome back to another episode of the Black Top Podcast. It's been like, I think I looked at uh, our account before this. I think it's been a month since our last little episode. You know, uh, life is life kind of thing. You know, had self- health and safety protocols, school, work, all the things that kind of pile on top of like our everyday life outside of this. But considering that uh, we're kind of right in that awkward sense of the off season where you know, all the major free agents have signed. There's not really too many trades going on, but, you know, we're here to talk ball. Obviously, there's a bit of stuff going around in the news. Uh, disclaimer, we're not really going to talk that much about KD just because, you know, one, it's been talked to death, and two, uh, I don't really see him going anywhere personally until, like, you know, later on, but that's neither here <laughs> nor there. Boys, how are we doing? Messy
1: miss you guys, man.
0: Yeah, I'm just it's been way too long.
1: We're supposed to have our freaking in person uh shoot. Oh that'll still happen. But that man, will definitely I was forward like, so to that, but as long as Christian's feeling better.
0: Hundies.
2: You know, yeah, I had the Bovid for everyone yeah. that's out there. Christian's to... uh, doing better now
0: for sure. That's good. Yeah. Christian's out of the health and safety protocols.
1: Now he's ready to play, but apparently his back hurts like Ben Simmons, so Oh, Uh, no, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Nah, his back hurts like LeBron from carrying that stank-ass Lakers team. Now, speaking of the Lakers, our first, not really our first little bit of, but I don't know if you guys have seen, but we have been presented with uh, the 2022 Christmas Day schedule. Now, obviously, there's like other little bits and pieces of uh, the regular season that have been announced, you know. I think the Le- Warriors are going to have a ring night in front of LeBron James and the rest of the Lakers. But uh, yeah, so th- the way I'm seeing it here, I don't know if there's actual order, but first things first, in terms of what Sham tweeted, it's Bucks at Celtics, 76ers at the Knicks, Suns at Nuggets, Lakers at Mavericks, and the Grizzlies at Warriors. I don't know if that's actual uh, order. If it is, I'm not going to lie, yo. It's, uh, it's going to be... Three really nice games, and then two kind of shitty games sandwiched between, in my opinion. I don't know. That's just my take. What do you guys think?
2: Which uh, two games do you think are going to be? Show- okay, well, I think the Knicks and uh, <laughs> who else was it? Sorry. The 76ers. I, that I, guess I
0: think the Sixers and Knicks game is going to be pretty buns, and I think Lakers and Mavericks is going to be like yeah, I agree. With game, that one. game seven yeah. on crack. Game seven
1: on crack? <laughs> I don't even think he come close to game seven to give him negative four. <laughs>
0: I don't Let Yeah. Him. I think I, like those
1: two games are going to be trash.
0: Yeah. But I mean, okay, let's go kind of bit by bit. First off, we got the Bucks at Celtics. This is a rematch of a uh, 2021 Christmas day where the Bucks made an incredible comeback as well as uh, the semifinals. I think, yeah, the semifinals for uh, the Eastern conference last year. And you know, what happened, happened Celtics made their way to an NBA finals and, uh, Jason Tatum was able to ring, but yeah, what are your guys' opinions based on like one? I don't wouldn't even necessarily call it a rivalry because I mean, yeah, there's like the series they had before when Kyrie was still there, and then you know this whole thing. But based on the moves that both these teams have made, how are you guys feeling about this game heading into uh, one of the most important days of the regular season?
1: I, th- I think it'll be a fun one. I think uh, I'm really excited, even though it's a low key underrated story. Um, I'm really excited to see Malcolm Brogdon and the Celtics jersey play against his old team. I think that'll be fun, and then obviously the star power between JB and Tatum against um, you know Giannis Drew and and um, and uh, our boy Chris Middleton. So I don't see anything wrong with this one. This one for me is more like, a, hey, this was a this was a um, you know a playoff series. This is obviously like something that. You know, we were all shocked by it, you know, the day everyone, no one thought that, uh, I mean, Boston was a good team, but no one thought that Boston would knock off Milwaukee in the uh, playoffs there and eventually make it to the NBA Finals. But, you know, I think this is, uh, sorry, sorry, DJ, I can't see your face hey, right now. You you Forget got,
0: it. you're getting no disagreements from me, you know, nobody's yeah. not, especially, you know. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think this will be a fun, fun game for, for Christmas Day, uh, there's
0: there's nothing wrong with this in my
2: opinion. Yeah, you, I, I I think it's honestly, I mean, Christmas Day games are the quote unquote Eastern Conference final or Western Conference final previews usually, and that that's obviously a projection, but I think this is a true Eastern Conference final preview. You know, same as long as the you know matchups and the playoffs aligned and I these two teams up for sure
0: I think would go against each other Uh, no doubt no doubt so I mean I feel that we're all in agreement that the Sixers and Knicks is gonna be buns I mean the way I'm seeing it Joel Embiid is gonna have 50 Mitchell Robinson is gonna have four fouls in the span of like five minutes so I mean is there any kind of redeeming qualities to like this game you guys think
2: I personally think it could be a year where RJ Barrett really, you know, starts to take shape into the player a lot of people want him to be. I, I have I was high on the Knicks not last year but the year before, and honestly coming into last year because um, of how well they played. Um, kind of when uh, you know Julius Randle had won that Most Improved Player, I think they they'll definitely take a bit of form next year. I think they'll be more competitive than they were last year, but I still think, yeah, the game will pretty, pretty, be pretty mediocre compared to the other games.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Ruben, anything to add or just kind of echoing all the same sentiments? I'm, I'm
1: in the same place, man. All right. Uh, I, I, think, I think Philly's going to be New York by at least 20.
0: Ooh. Yeah, I would definitely take the over on that. Okay, that being said though, Ruben, why would you kick us off for uh, the third game in this slate here, the Suns at Nuggets? How are you feeling about that?
1: I'll be honest, I'm not that interested in this one either, though. Really? No, no, not really. Not really. I don't find I, I just I like they. There's just a lot of star. There's a lot of star power in it, you know, between D'Book, CP, you know, Jamal's gonna be back and and Nikola Jokic, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really that there's not other than what, uh, the Jokic and the Booker thing and, and the whole rivalry that happened with the Jokic brothers and that whole thing, like you wanna make that a story, fine, put that on Christmas Day, but for me it's not that interesting of a game. I think it's like, yeah, it's two elite contenders. But man, I would have much rather seen um you know I, I love both of those, these teams, but I much would rather seen the Clippers in there. Rather than one of these, like it would, Clippers and Suns or the Clippers and Nuggets, whichever. I mean, obviously it would have had to have been Suns and over the over the Nuggets, but I would have rather had the Clippers in there, considering uh, their guys are back and it seems like the conversation around them is like they are the title contender, the, the title favorites. And um, I wouldn't even argue against that either. So I, I would have been more interested
0: to see the Clippers in there. Fair point. Fair point. But I I feel like you know you're taking it out on the Suns and Nuggets. You know. Just cause, you know, such and such, but let's be real here. The one team, the one team that shouldn't be on is the fucking Lakers. I don't you know, I think the Lakers and the Knicks are obviously, you know, NBA history, NBA Lord, all that crap. But let's be honest here, man. Last year, can you guys can you guys just think about all the days where, you know, you went through watching some of the games and then the last game of the night, you know Was the Lakers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was awful I
1: don't I don't know I don't know I just I there's something about LeBron James on Christmas Day for me that just feels traditional where it's almost like you gotta have yeah. LeBron on Christmas Day you know and you why is my shake go so blurry and um but yeah I would I LeBron James on Christmas Day is like tradition for me it's more so LeBron than I think the Lakers at this point because if LeBron wasn't on that squad I mean they actually you know that's a lie they probably still have the Lakers on Christmas Day but I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like Christmas Day, as long as LeBron's in the league, just it wouldn't be normal without him playing on December 25th.
0: Very true. Very true. Now, heading from there, Christian, speaking of LeBron, how much do you think the Mavericks going to win by our Christmas Day?
2: Man, I, I don't know. I mean, I have, I might say I have hope in the Lakers. That's a bit of an overstatement. But, you know, I think there is something to prove for them this year. I think the matchups, if you think about it, the game, you know, if you consider a full healthy squad, I don't know who's really taking AD on that team. Christian Wood is honestly as much of a pile of bones as AD is, like, in most senses. So, like, in terms of just how fragile they are, maybe AD has shown a bit more, but Christian Wood has honestly got some pretty weak ankles. Um... I don't know. I, I could see a competitive matchup if AD were to return to, you know, a top 10 MVP voting form. But otherwise, it's Mavs by 25, I'd say.
0: 25? You're fucking Mavs 30. All right. uh, now, obviously, this last game, I think, not to be biased, but outside of the Bucks and Celtics, when you look at all the games that are slated, I think this is going to be the one, you know. Draymond Green just had his wedding. Congrats to that man. You know they look like they had a fun time with that little cannabis bar, but
1: yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, for real. Grizzlies at Warriors. I mean, I I don't know if you guys remember, but there was that whole little like, uh, what was it? Kind of not really back and forth, but the whole thing where and uh, Draymond had a little back and forth on the twitters with like the Christmas Day stuff, and now we're gonna see this. Ah. Uh, first of all do you guys think this is like even necessarily a rivalry or do you think this is just sort of kind of that recency not i wouldn't use the word bias but the recency beef i think we'll call it because you know last year we had uh the hawks and the knicks on christmas day and that wasn't anything brewing before that playoff series but obviously that was that but yeah what y'all think about that last game
1: I think this is this is another Hawks and Egg situation, but I think it'll last longer considering that the Grizzlies are going to be around for a while. And um, I think it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, there's a bit of recency bias because like it's a hot thing, it's a hot narrative from last year. You also had Clay Thompson talking all that smack about uh, um, what's the name, the the Jaren Jackson. You know when they when he tweeted strength and numbers and he started talking all that mess and then. Morant talked all that mess and that's kind of how it all started anyways and then you know I think it was kind of just the players enforcing themselves into this Christmas Day matchup and I think we know that those those guys there's a little bit of tension between the two teams just you know with their personnel but um you know unless unless you know the Grizzlies you know take out the Warriors um you know, in a playoff series, or if they're constantly meeting each other every year, then I don't think it's much of a rivalry other than narrative basis stuff, you know. These guys are talking mess, that's it. You know, I don't think it's a, you know, a rivalry. And I'm sure Draymond would probably say the same thing. I think he has said the same thing on his podcast anyways, so.
0: Yeah, what do you think, Chen? No,
2: yeah, I don't really see, like, kind of go to go along with, uh, Ruben said. I don't see really much of a rivalry between the two teams, all besides the fact that yeah, there is like some tension. I mean, I would say, honestly, out of all the series from last year's playoffs that um or sorry, I guess last season's playoffs, that uh this was like the most heated series, like the stuff with Dylan Brooks, I think especially was like what really I think caused a lot of commotion and you know, considering like yeah, I guess all the drama that has happened, that would be the only reason. It kind of reminds me, I mean, I watched Last Dance recently. It kind of reminds me of, like, the, like a very, a very much softer version of, like, Detroit and the Bulls. Like, where, you know, maybe in this situation, it's, the roles are a little reversed. But I feel like Memphis is, like, kind of knocking on the door of the team that's, like, been the reigning champs for the last some odd years. But... I wouldn't say Memphis is the next team up necessarily. I just think, you know, from statistics and the eye test that they could be the next team up. But I don't think there's much of a rivalry there yet to pretty much come full circle. The I Warriors, like that are,
0: comparison. The Warriors are the best team, honestly. No doubt. You know, you mentioning that kind of sparked this idea that I've kind of not necessarily been thinking of, but you and the way how you described kind of the last dance, kind of spark this I think it's the only essence of the word rivalry that comes from it I think is in the fact that it's I'll use the word potential because like you guys said the Grizzlies aren't necessarily next up but they're in that run for that and I think it's only somewhat of a rivalry in that you know it's that changing of the guard the Warriors used to be the young young runner-ups and all that stuff and now uh John Moran and the Grizzlies are showing up. You guys know what it reminds me of? Man, you know, before I was a Bucks fan, it was Pacers, baby. Indiana Paul George was a fucking animal. Now, I'm not saying Jaw is anywhere near that level because personally, I don't know if I'm really willing to give him that title yet because he's definitely on the precipice of it, but Paul George went to Gabe Seven twice pretty much with, with the heatles put not a bunch of bums, but uh, quite a decent bit of bums. I mean, he got Roy Hivert paid and I think it's just kind of, it's not a direct parallel, but it's sort of, you see the kind of inklings of, you know, new kid on the block, you know, young budding team starting to pick up a little steam and get kind of knocked down by like the head honcho of that time. But you know, obviously the Warriors aren't getting any younger. Well, actually, that's that's false. But, you know, the the key guys are starting to age out of it and you're starting to see this next generation come up. And I think this can grow. Again, I don't think it's necessarily at that level of, uh, of, like, a supreme rivalry, but based on sort of how we're projecting the future of these two, I think it has that potential to potentially be in that con- type of conversation. I don't know. Yeah, that's just yeah. a little food for thought, I guess. Okay. Heading from there, though. So as I said earlier, we're kind of in the awkward stage of the offseason. You know, most of the people have signed. DeJounte Murray's been traded. We're kind of at the point where whoever's left in free agency isn't necessarily going to be uh, your go-to guy. He's not going to be your first to third option. This is mainly going to be guys that are uh, helping with backup roles, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because, you know, if there's anything any championship team has exhibited, is that there's a lot of depth on those teams. I mean, I can't think of any other team that played less than, like, a seven- to eight-man rotation for, for the finals. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to list off some of, like – now, granted, this isn't my opinion. I kind of just Googled top free agents. Well, some of them I definitely agree with, but uh, for those listening, if you are kind of – I don't really know if uh, – you know, this guy is really a top free agent. This is what Google told me. All right, so I'll just throw it out, and you guys tell me who you guys think they should go to. Let's start off with, uh, let's start off with the veterans, yeah? LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, coming off of, uh, I think a roller coaster would be the lightest way of putting it, you know, his time with the Nets has been one filled with, like, a bunch of hardship, whether it be, uh, the first round sweep or the fact that he retired for a bit and came back, Uh LaMarcus Aldridge, where do you guys think he should sign? Or, you know, even if you want to be on that boat, he should retire. I don't know. But, yeah, where do you guys think the man should go?
2: Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Christian. Oh, honestly, I just think about my team first. Well, not even because, like, I love my team. I honestly love the Marcus Aldridge as a player, but I think the Celtics, with their kind of big man rotation, I mean they they do have, like a quite an older squad when it comes to, turn positions. But I think they could definitely use the depth that he could provide in like a, on a second rotation, um, because he's still like a very like in terms of offensive IQ, he's a high IQ player. Uh, he'd definitely do well coming off the bench on the Celtics, I
0: think. Yeah. Respect. What about you, Rube?
1: I don't know. I just don't see it. Like, I'm off the top of my head. I don't know if there's a roster fit for him. Um, because, you know, Chin made a good point, but also I really like that big rotation that they already have. You already have that that veteran pig and Al Horford. Um, the one name that I was gonna the one team that I was gonna say actually DJ was Milwaukee, considering their struggles with big men over the last two years and health. But I don't know if Lamarcus Aldridge is even that much of an upgrade if you're talking about health wise. Like he hasn't really been um Well, I mean he missed pretty much he was he retired and then came back from retirement, right? Because of his heart issue. So yeah, I don't know if there's um I don't know if there's a spot for him in the league. They the at least right now, I would have said Milwaukee. Um, because he is a stretch big and I think that's what they really need. Um, but off the top of my head, I don't think there's a spot.
0: I wouldn't mind him in Milwaukee. I think, yeah, when it comes to looking at the roster, how it is now, I don't think it's necessarily that you need hard rotation guys. I think it's that you necessarily need depth and you could definitely provide that. The one team I'm thinking, uh, you know, when we think about how stressful being an NBA player can be, you know, whether you're a starter or a role player, there aren't a lot of ways you can say uh, you're relaxed in the league unless, you know, your boat Crew is averaging, you know, five daps a game, two waters handed out, and all that. Nah, but uh, I like Lamarcus Aldridge as uh, Joel Embiid's backup. You know, Joel Embiid's obviously going to, like, take up a lot of those minutes, you know, upwards of, like, 34 to 38 minutes a game so when you're looking at the Sixers roster I think their backup right now is technically Paul Reed and although I think Paul Reed definitely showed some flashes of being the potential to get into the rotation I still think that if you're the 76ers you don't necessarily have the luxury of uh hinging your bets on a young guy unless it's like a Tyrese Maxey and they take that massive jump with LaMarcus Aldridge you're not asking him to play upwards of 20 minutes a game you know let him get his 15 minutes, 15, 18 minutes a game, provide some solid backup minutes. And uh, I was looking at his stats earlier. I thought, because, you know, one guy I was potentially putting on this list for us to talk about was like Paul Millsap. But (laughs) looking at what he did last year, he was, uh, for lack of a better word, he was kind of cooked. But LaMarcus Aldridge, I think in the games that he did play, which obviously wasn't a huge sample size, but I think he was still substantial enough to say that I think he has the potential, not necessarily the potential, because, you know, he's kind of past using that word to him, but he has the makings to, I think, be a super solid, big, off-your-bench, provide a little bit of support for Joel Embiid, who doesn't necessarily need a mass amount of it to begin with, and just inserting him into that, I think, I think that could be nice. But, okay. Yeah, I
1: think he can still be a contributor at 10 to 15 minutes a game.
0: Yeah. You like, know? I think he's, I, I just, he's the end of the rotation, you know, end of the other rotation, but still like a massive part of the team. Cause whether it be being able to stretch the floor or in the catch, locker room or something, yeah, like that. definitely being that veteran, which I think a lot of teams are lacking nowadays. Marcus Aldridge, you know, it's, when it comes to the, the short list of players, I want to win a chip. He's definitely on that. Yeah. But all right, next one up. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this guy. Uh, So last year, this man signed with the Lakers, you know, tried to be about chasing the ring, and we all know how that turned out. It's uh, unarguably one of the greatest scorers to ever touch the hardwood, Carmelo Anthony. Were y'all thinking he should, or maybe he will land, you know? Because personally, I don't know if any of y'all were going to say this, but I don't think he's going back to LA. And I don't think he should. All right, I guess I'll, I'll go first. So, well, when I was thinking of it, I think Melo's in the similar uh, situation as LaMarcus Aldridge in that he's not necessarily going to give you like 20, 25 minutes a night kind of thing. Uh, he was kind of like that a bit with the Lakers, but, you know, I think he's most effective in not necessarily limited run, but obviously not upwards of the 20-minute mark and, I think he's heading into his age thirty-seven season, but Melo's obviously still a massive bucket, and for that reason, I think he should go back home. Put him on that Denver's Nuggets team. He'd be the backup to Michael Porter Jr. because you know Peyton Watson's all cool and all that, but I think he's still like very raw to throw into the ro- throw into the fire, throw into the rotation. But let him be the backup to Michael Porter Jr. Get that rejuvenation of being back in the Mile High City. You know, back where you started, being able to get your number back because I don't think there's anybody wearing 15. Rent. Even then, there's there's no way they're not going to let Melo take his number back. But Carmelo Anthony, you know, the kid return, the king returned back to the believe land. Why can't uh, Melo bring back the hoodie in uh, the Maha City? That's where I think he should go.
1: I I wouldn't. You know what? I actually like him in Denver. That's actually a pretty good idea. Right. That's actually a pretty good idea. The other the other team that I was going to say was Dallas. I really like him on Dallas because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. his ability to stretch the floor, he just needs to be an optimal shooter. He doesn't need to have the ball in his hand as much as he used to now. Um, but he can still obviously get his buckets in the mid-range, and I think... Uh, what they lacked at certain moments last year was, you know, they had a bunch of guys that could create from the perimeter and, and, and this team was really good at, at spacing the floor, but they didn't have the in-between guy, right. Other than Luca. And, you know, when they close the paint on Luca and when they close the gaps on Luca, you know, it, it closes a lot more opportunity for the rest of the team. So if you have a secondary guy like, like Carmelo, and he's not going to go in there and score, you know, 20 points like he used to, but if you just have that mid-range threat, somebody who's able to get a uh, you know a basket, you know who's a threat in between, um, and obviously can spread the floor, get the buckets inside, rebound the basketball a little bit still. Um, I think he played really well last year too for the Lakers. For sure. I think that, yeah, I think that he had a lot of his moments. Um And he was relied upon to play a bigger role when that he should have. And I think a team like Dallas is where he can have Dallas and Denver. I think both are alike where you can plug him in similar to uh, Marcus Soldier's role, you know, 10 to 18 minutes, whatever it is. But you you just have somebody who's out an offensive threat outside of, you know, the guys bringing up the ball. And that's really important that you can dump that down low and a guy can get you a bucket, you know, the in-between. And, um, you know, that makes a big difference uh, against defenses. So... I think that's what they were missing last year. I don't know if that's a piece I would say Carmelo Anthony Anthony takes him over the top against the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. But it's a nice piece to have, um, you know, to your depth chart for sure.
0: No doubt. And I like the narrative, too, because obviously we all know what happened in Houston or what didn't happen in Houston, I guess, is a better way of putting it. And Mm, him, you know, not necessarily reclaiming his name because... Actually, yeah, in a sense, because that was the whole... Not really him getting blacklisted, oh, yeah, he kind of got blacklisted, but, yeah, I think the idea of him going back to uh the state where they kind of ruined his career for a bit, you you know, know. let him tear it up in there. I think that's nice and chin, where do you where do you think Where do you think Melo should go?
2: No, I agree. I think the only thing I would add, like as another possibility would him. Like, I, I don't know. I have this kind of thing with, like, seeing older players go to teams that, like, use kind of a good locker room role model. Um, I think about, like, young teams in the league, and I think the team that kind of stuck out to me is probably the Hornets.
1: Gordon um, mm-hmm. Brown,
2: too. Yeah, like, I, th- I, I don't know. I do think there is, like, a sort of thing that the Hornets – maybe missing it, and obviously I think a lot of it has to do with the age of the group itself, um, and I think they could use someone who has, like, true veteran experience to kind of pave the way for them a little bit in terms of kind of
0: creating, like, a
2: an identity in the team. Maybe not, you know, creating an identity that revolves around Melo's game, because that they're just gonna just gonna get worse, but uh...
0: <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of that. I think the only kind of pushback I would have on that is that while while veterans are are amazing to have, I think Melo, I don't want to say he's too good because you know that that sounds kind of elitist in a sense, but I I think there are other options in terms of a veteran you could get, but I think him being on that team, if he just wants to get buckets, I think that's one of the places for him to go for sure, but if he wants to win the ring... Yeah, that's, that's a whole nother conversation. But I like the idea of that, for sure. Okay, heading from there. Uh, let's talk about uh Montrez Harrell. Obviously, you know, what's happening with that thing is whatever's happening. But assuming he does play basketball this upcoming season, where do you guys like him?
1: This is an interesting one because now I'm trying to think about teams that need an optimal optimal scoring pick. And, um, you know, my first thought was Clippers, but they can't afford him. Um, unless, like, because obviously his name's a little bit tainted in the league right now, could he be had at a much lower price? Like, is he signing an MLE or is he signing a minimum? Like, it, there's clearly no market for the guy right now. Um, and you could probably say the same thing about Mr. Miles Bridges. Um, but. You know, for montres Harrell, like a team, you know personally for me, I don't know if I'd want to see him on a roster right now. But um, yeah, the, the Clippers stuck out to me as one. The Lakers, another one as well. Um, I think that that makes sense. Um, for them, but you know they need more d- defense. But I think like if you, if you can get a Manchas Harrell anytime, um, you know that's that's a benefit to your team. You know, for me, it's it's, it's it's hard to look at these guys individually because we look at these remaining free agents, right? And my biggest thing is, why are they still in the market? And most of the time is because there isn't a spot for them right now and or there really is no market. So we look at guys like Montrose Harrell, like Marcus Aldridge. There's a reason why these guys are still kind of remaining free agents as they are. So it's hard for me to pinpoint like a specific team, but for for a guy like Montrezl Harrell, it's a team that severely lacks a lot of scoring or lacks any punch or any talent overall talent. So I was even thinking Sacramento, a team like Sacramento, because that's a team that's trying to compete for a playoff spot, right? And they feel like they've gone fully. They traded Tyrese Halliburton, which we all thought was a stupid decision. And then they decided to take on and, and go fully invest in you know the signing Malik monk they've got their two headed dragon and and um fox and and uh the big boys bonus you might as well try to invest in an, as much talent as possible so a team like Sacramento I feel like would be a beneficiary both to mantras Harold because this is a good starting point for him again to kind of you know. You know, revive his image a little bit, or, or, or whatever else is going on with his situation, and or for Sacramento to get back into winning ways, and then, you know, just that, just that injection of talent should be able to help them. Now will uh, we'll like, it will over like doesn't match what they want to do long term, like in terms of their game style, their gameplay. Like he's not a defensive player, but it looks like their their team is going to be focused a lot on the offensive end between some bonus and Fox. So. You know, you have an optimal scoring big like Montrezl Harrell, who averages like what seventeen and eight on a game, and and has been a 6 man candidate. That's a guy you want off your bench if you want to be a successful team, and you do need depth in the regular season for you to be a winning team. So, um, you know, I I would say Sacramento is is a good team for him if they can afford him.
0: I like that. What about you, Jen?
2: If I'm being honest, I actually don't know what happened with him. I'm, like, listening to you guys. So, I was trying
0: to search it up. Like, it's a weed charge, wasn't it? Was it? That? I yeah, I think it was, um, there was a,
1: uh, yeah, it was a weed charge, I think.
0: And it, and it wasn't even, like, a little bit. I heard it was, like, a like, like, massive amount, but,
1: yeah. Yeah, charge for more
2: He was like, yeah, it's a lot. Okay. I, I feel like the way I was taking it in, I thought it was a, another Miles Bridges type beat. And I was like, all right, well, I don't want this guy anywhere either. But, uh, no, I mean, okay, I'm not saying I'm an advocate for, you know, pushing drugs or whatever. But, right. uh, I mean, I, I it's just, you know, lifestyle stuff. And, anyways, no, I I, I kind of get the idea that, like, maybe he does need to, like, not be on a roster right now. Um but I think I double down on what Ruben said. I think he'd fit really great in Sacramento, or and it's
0: California, so you know how they you know how they play about that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, maybe he'll be welcome to the culture. But no, I, I think he really definitely needs to be on a team that could use like a supporting six man role, big like how he kind of played was it originally with the with the Clippers too, right? When he Yeah, he, he won there.
0: uh 6 man of the year a couple years ago with them.
2: Yeah, when uh when him and Lugo were kind of coming off that rotation, I think he's like so like one of the better stronger rotational players. But uh
0: yeah. Yeah, that was a fun team. Uh for me, I I don't know if they can really afford him, but I like the idea of him on the Mavs. Now obviously the Mavs are kind of hung hung their hat on a bit of the defensive end in recent in you know recently but when you look at their team it's a lot of what can these players do for Luca in a sense and not that Munch's hair won't be able to do anything but what they are lacking I think is guys who can this sounds kind of counterintuitive but play out of the system in a sense you know because as much as teams can prepare for whatever situation is thrown at them the end of the day you know, rest in peace to Bill Russell. He said it best. This game has always been and always will be about getting buckets. And Montrez Harrell, when it comes to uh, anything within the paint, I think can definitely provide that with, for you. And when you look at kind of the big rotation for uh, the Mavs, I, I, I would consider that Christian Wood's probably going to play more of the four there, just given his he's like two twenty, two thirty or something. He doesn't really have the size to play at center. And I think mean, Montrez Harrell, sounding pretty tasty off that bench but I think I'm not entirely sure if they can really afford him but if it is it would be dope now speaking of one guy that uh not necessarily fumbled the back actually at well it's Dennis Schroeder you know Dennis Schroeder could assign I think it was what upwards in like 80 90 mils that happened everybody you know clowned him he took his licking but where do you guys think Dennis Schroeder could uh end up because I mean he's still 28 so he's right in the prime of his career Obviously had a bit of, you know, the year with the Lakers was kind of a wash and this little back and forth year this year with the Celtics, I think, and uh, the Rockets. But yeah, do you guys think there's a spot for Dennis Schroeder anywhere in the league?
1: You know, you know, I'd like to see him. I would like to see him shore up the backcourt in Atlanta. (laughs) I would like to see him back in the Hawks jersey. Um, I like DeJountaine Trae Young. And um, I know that they have Aaron Holiday there now, but I do like the idea of Dennis Schroeder in there as their backup and as their uh, veteran point guard. Because man, if you have a sure, if you have a really sure, like surefire rotation in your backcourt, and you have a three guard combo between Dejounte, Trey Young, and Dennis Schroeder, um most oftentimes your backcourt is is so important to your success in terms of your game planning and and having a coach on the floor. And, you know, Dennis Schroeder is not a bad player. The reason why is obviously it's just, it's hard to have a market for him when a lot of these teams have really good backcourts already. And he's going to demand a price much more than, you know, unfortunately there's a market available for him. But if he's willing to take another minimum, (laughs) Or much less money than he could have, you know that he I, you know, that he fumbled with LA. Um, yeah, I would like to zoom in Atlanta. Um, if I'm being completely unbiased, I think that that um, that really s- like solidifies what the rotation is in the
0: backcourt. I like that. I like that's a that's a damn good pick. What about you, Jen? What you thinking?
2: Yeah, Ruben Ruben is really coming with these picks. Yeah, that's. Uh, I picked think. Picked. Uh, I think if I were Dennis Schroeder, I would want to like, yeah, like I I do He's still in the prime of his career. He's actually like an honestly a very talented point guard that has kind of just been misused and mistreated by, you know, a really shitty LA organization. Um, I think he could kind of thrive in Santa.
0: Oh, is he freezing for you, Ruben? Yeah, he is. Oh, I think it was saying San Antonio. Oh. San Antonio,
1: uh, oh. veteran presence. I mean, it, it's it, that would actually be a good place if he were to revive his career.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll wait for him to come back.
2: Oh. Yo, it just crashed out of nowhere. He's here. He's back. All right, my bad. All good, you, know. did you guys hear what?
0: what team I said?
2: R- San Antonio. Right? Yeah, yes. San Antonio. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like if I were Dennis, Shore I'd want to raise my stock a bit again. Um, I think
0: he yeah. definitely
2: could like get so much PT, even if it's like off the bench, like with that rotation, like very bare bones rotation. And I think San Antonio I assume they got the money to like take on like just any contract right now. And I mean I feel like given that he's not like I, I feel like guard rotations are almost heavy everywhere around the league. I think he could fall into a team that like is pretty much just rebuilding and find himself like on a contending team as a six-man again, somewhere down the line.
1: That That is a great pick. I, I, mean, I just have to piggyback off that. It's a great pick. That cause, is a... Yeah, San Antonio's not a good enough team to win anything right now. They've they've got cap space. They can sign uh, Dennis shooter. He's going to get a lot of playing time. He can rebuild his value, like you said, um, while they tank for Victor Webanyama. So, I mean, it's just, I feel like that's a match made in heaven there. And Popovich has done a lot to recreate and, and reframe guys' um careers or value, right? You look at a guy Very like true. DeMar straight away and then, you know, um he helped the guys kinda evolve their games and, and find their niche in the league again. So
0: Yeah, Jonathan sure. Simmons looking like a complete clamper. Yeah, y'all you remember that man?
1: And then, yeah, and then he got traded, and then he looked like absolute garbage. Did he get tra- like,
0: and- I thought he got paid from uh, Orlando. He got paid from Orlando,
1: yeah. yeah. And then I don't know where he went after that. So, I mean, but he's done it for so Like, you look back at the years, like, Stephen Jackson, Richard Jefferson, right? You know, all these different players that have come through. Uh, Bors Diao. Like, you could talk about a lot of big names have come through yeah. the organization, and then they end up being great role players down the line. I mean, it's a it's a good pick. Like Shooter is something that should have a market available, but
0: hundred you know. percent. I, I like this. I like Dennis Schroeder. This is going to be the first one where we all kind of have differing opinions. Uh, I like him on Minnesota. When you look at uh, the second unit that team's going to be running right now, it's uh, Big very very relaxed to say the, say the least. I think the main people they're going to have the bench is uh, Kyle Anderson, whom I love, uh, Torian Prince, who's cool. Uh, and I think that means Jalen McDonald is going to start. So that's kind of a hit your door there. Nas Reed, who I think is a super nice backup. In my opinion, I think he could be starting, but obviously you trade for Rudy, that's not going to happen. But what the team lacks, I think, is uh, another guy who I, who can handle the ball and not only create for himself, but for others. When the starting five is off the bench, throw Donis Schroeder in there. He's not only one going to be effective, but number two He's going to be in his element. He's going to be where he's most accustomed to. And I think that's the thing in the league that a lot of guys have a lot of time struggling when it comes to finding that. It's your role. Because, you know, obviously, everybody that's ever been in the NBA was the guy that was dropping 50 bombs in high school and was had the entire offense play through him. And once you get to the league, ain't shit sweet sometimes And You throw Dennis Schroeder onto a team that is very interesting. I obviously... I don't think any of us want to label them as contenders yet, but when you look at the talent that's on there, I I don't think they're very uh, very far from that needle being moved to that position. And when you add a guy like Dennis Schroeder to really anchor your backcourt for uh, the second unit, helps push it a bit a little bit further down the line, in my opinion. But, yeah, yeah. yeah that was good. That was the first one we had, like, all three differing opinions. And uh, last but not least... You know, this guy currently has the qualifying offer, so as it is right now, he's still probably gonna go to the Cavaliers if there's no market for him. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's the better half of Sexland, Colin Sexton. Where do y'all think uh but so rather than saying like you guys think he's gonna stay in Cleveland, let's say if he were to go somewhere else, where do y'all think he would go? Even though I think we can all, we're all in agreement that he's probably going to be a Cavalier this year, but, you know, I think it's out of the box a bit.
2: I'm going to reuse my answer from the last one. I, uh, <laughs> I personally think, like, he's also the type of player who is coming off a pretty bad injury, um, and it's kind of an uh, unfortunate thing around the league where when players do get injured, even not severely, honestly, that their value drops drastically. Um, just because of the risk factor. Um, but I think he's obviously going to come back and still be a performer. Um, and I could see him, like, doing the same thing in... Uh, sorry, in San Antonio, but at a bigger catastrophic level. And then, you know, in, in the craziest ga- grand scheme of things, he could be like, like in the best scenario, like a max contract player possibly, you know? Because he's really got that talent. And um, Cleveland is, like, a pretty crowded team in terms of talent. And, I I mean, yeah, I do think he's going to go back there, but in a perfect scenario, he could definitely, like, make his way up. I mean, Darius Garland did it when uh, he kind of disappeared or when Sexton disappeared. So, I don't know. That's where I, like, project Colin Sexton in my mind. He's he's had really big glimpses of being a, a really great player in the league.
0: Respect. Respect. I like that group
1: yep I'm gonna throw out every every like every guideline every cap space and I just said here's a team that should look that should be expressing interest um, and it'll probably be by sign I think I think technically it's only allowed sign a trade at this point
0: I think so yeah if I'm not
1: mistaken because he's a restricted free agent and then obviously it's a qualifying offer but um there's a team that were to throw an offer sheet at him And or sign and trade. I think one team that I really like is the Washington Wizards. Right? They don't. They don't have a point guard. Right? They don't have a point guard. I know they just. They just acquired Monte Morris. They um. They they picked up DeLon Wright, but um, I like I like Colin Sexton's fit beside Bradley Beal. And we've seen over time, Bradley Beal's most successful seasons have always been with the ultra athletic point guard who can do multiple things on the floor and defend at both both sides. Um, and I like Colin Sexton's ability there, and he's a younger player, right? He's he's someone that um, you know has got a little bit more umph in his game right now, and I think can support a Bradley Beal, who is still obviously naively staying in Washington. Um, but you know, I think that's a really good partner for him. You know, Colin Sexton is not a small guy; he's six three guard, defend multiple you know ends the floor, uh, multiple positions from the one to three. He's an active guard, he can score the ball, he can drive to the rim, he can hit the three somewhat. Um, but I like his athleticism beside Bradley Beal. I just I just like the fact that, you know, a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy beside has Bradley Beal. And then Bradley Beal's had his best seasons with Russell Westbrook and John Wall. So, I mean, you know, I, I think I'd like to see that kind of that combo kind of thing, you know, continue on for both of their careers. And I think the Washington Wizards provide him with the open, available opportunity that he doesn't have in Cleveland.
0: Respect. That's another good pick. Yeah. Those, another two solid picks. And uh, again, maybe, maybe it's only when it comes to when we're talking about guards, where we're on different pages. But for me, I want to see Colin Sexton as a Dallas Maverick. Now, obviously I don't think that's going to work cap wise, but you know, that's beside the point. Who does Luca play best alongside? Jalen Brunson. What is Jalen Brunson? Six-one guard. What is Colin Sexton? A six-one guard. Now, obviously, that 6'1 that's good. is he six-one? That's what that's what he's listed in in two K. I'm going off, even though he's probably like. Oh, friend well, he's, or is he, he's bigger than that. He's is Colin Sexton.
1: Yeah, I think he's bigger than that. How I think
0: old? he's six two six. Two, eight, he's he's six, six two if he's six two six three that's even better but
2: there's no way six one he's, he's bigger
0: than he's bigger than me <laughs> he's bigger where it matters this is
2: he's bigger where it matters that's
1: true <laughs>
0: he's bigger <laughs> he's got a third <laughs> leg <laughs> you know? no Sexton... y'all come on now y'all what's the respect on sex land? the better half of it what is this this man's literally I think his nickname's Pitbull or whatever but Colin Sexton alongside Luka Doncic has the upside to uh, potentially be better from a scoring aspect compared to, you know, him and Jalen Brunson, Uh, Colin Sexton. I think, do you guys remember that one game? This was when Cleveland was so down bad. This was, uh, I believe Darius Garland might've been asked during that game, but what did Colin Sexton do? He put the fucking backpack on and torched. I think, Okay, what's what's we talked about this early in like way one of the pods back, but with the Nets' record of how good they were, and when the big three was on the floor, one of those losses is because of the fucking bag work Colin Sexton put on in front of them. You know, you put that alongside Luka Doncic, whoo, that's cookies. But no, nah, in, all, in all honesty, if Colin Sexton. Were to kind of take one of those more team-friendly deals, I think the Mavs are one of the teams that should definitely hop on it. Is he going to take it? Probably not. But from uh, what's the word, the optimistic side of me, the optimistic basketball fan that wants to see Colin Sexton get get it, get his buckets—not necessarily his money—but you know, you can do both. At the end of the day, you put him on that team. Uh, we always talk a lot about the gravity players are able to generate. Steph Curry, we've seen parts where all five men are on him. Pause. Giannis Antetokounmpo, we've seen parts where all five men are on him. Luka Doncic has that similar gravity towards him, and whenever that happens, a lot of the floor opens up a lot more for other guys. Colin Sexton's never experienced that. So when you put him in a more open space, allow him to create his own shot, and just overall, again, when you have players generating their energy towards one more player rather than kind of spreading it out that shit gonna collapse and I think you put Colin Sexton in that situation looking very nice only reason I wouldn't want it though is because Jaden Hardy is one of my favorite rookies and uh that would kind of take his role but yeah so obviously there's a lot more free age we could talk about but let's get into uh the exciting part of the pod not that uh the stuff we're talking about right now isn't exciting because you know Shit's always excited when you hang with the Blacktop Pod, baby. But Backshots
1: Podcast,
0: Backshots Podcast, baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Keep that in. Keep that in. Hundred percent. That's staying in. Keep that in. That's what she said. Yes. <laughs> Holy Angelina Jolie. Jolie! Oh my goodness. Okay, so Big boy. <laughs> that's for that's for all the that's for all like the the BC peeps. Anyways, so the
1: Vancouverites
0: undies. We got. Another draft to do. This one's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Uh, When it comes to the NBA, few things are more exciting than the young players that are coming up. Obviously, you got the likes of Luka Doncic, Trey Young, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson when he's back healthy. These are the guys that really are ushering forth this new generation are showing that the league's going to be in good hands. So with that being said, the black shops, the black... (laughs) The Black Top Podcast presents the Under 25 Draft. So how this is going to work, uh, we already spun for uh, the order off, like, off camera. And uh, yeah, so as you guys can see, here's a little stopwatch here. If you're watching the video version, if you listen to the audio, uh, just use your imagination. Each of us will have a minute to make our picks, and uh, we're doing a full 10-man rotation. Uh, it's divided between guards, wings, and bigs, but honestly, y'all can do what you want, and yeah, so the draft order itself is going to be Ruben with the first pick, me with the second pick, and Christian with the third pick, and we're doing a snake style, so that means you have the first pick in the first round, you're going to have the last pick in the second round, and vice versa, and so on and so forth. With that being said, boys, are y'all are y'all ready to get this thing going?
2: I think Luka
1: <laughs> Doncic.
0: Yeah, I a little, little, uh, not necessarily backstory, but I'm pretty sure there's no way on God's green earth that Luka Doncic is not the first pick. So obviously, Ruben's gonna pick that. We're not even really gonna be super dependent on this clock, I don't think. But yeah, with the second pick, I am going to go with. Oh, I'm <laughs> dead. <Sorry. laughs> give, me, give me Jason Tatum. You know, obviously nice. his stock might be a little low because of the finals, but uh, Still still a very solid guy to build my team around. Christian, you got up.
2: All right. Since I have two picks in a row, my, the third pick uh, will be Zion Williamson. Nice. Respect. I mean, this guy, there's not much to say about him. Played 82, 85 games in the league. So, you know, he's a well, well-seasoned player. No, but the Choke Society is a dominant force. No question about it. Um, And with my second pick... Oh, man, this is tough. I am going to have to take... (sighs) Sorry. Didn't really think about... I thought I was going to get teed. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to take John Moran. I don't really want. I don't really want him on my team, but he's, <laughs> undistitulably, he's undistitulably, you know, probably the fourth in the top four players he on this list. Sean Morant.
0: You, don't, you don't. want. You don't want the Twitter. The Twitter goat. Nah, no. Oh, the Twitter
1: goat Kevin Durant, man. Come on now.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, my bad. My bad. Sorry, <laughs> Katie. No, no, Don't be coming from my leg. Sorry. That's true. That's true. Uh, then he's like the the Twitter LeBron, you know, second. with my second pick, uh, obviously, if you're watching the, oh, let me, let me full screen this. Okay, there we go. Obviously, when you're looking at this list, there's a somewhat of a lack in the bags department. So with that being said, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I love the ability to switch. Uh, So with that being said, give me Evan Mobley. Nice pick. Thank you. Thank you. Ruben, you're on the clock. And-
1: Alright, so I've got two in a row here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm taking Trey Young. I got Mr. Trey Young. So the the debate does not sit with my team. I've got the two guys that were traded for each other, Luca
0: Doncic and Trey Young.
1: And um I'm going Brandon Ingram.
0: Ooh. Okay. I like that. I like that. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. For me, let's see here. Looking at this list, uh, you know I got Jason Tatum and Evan Mobley. What more could anybody want? You know what I want? I want Scottie Barnes. Give it, give me Ruben's Golden Boy. Mother, I know. Give me Ruben's bigger. Golden Boy. Scottie's uh-huh. above my point. <laughs> but all right, Christian, two back to back. Go ahead.
2: All right, so. With my third pick, I am going to take Jared Allen. Um, I think personally, I thought DJ was smoking crack when he chose Evan Mobley over Jared Allen. <laughs> I just think Jared Allen, probably in my opinion, you know, all things considered, I think he's definitely in contention for the best defensive center in the league. Um, I think he's the better half of the. Um, duo up front in the Cavs, but you know Evan Moby's cool too. Right.
0: Uh, <laughs> are we? Are we and just then, gonna act like Rudy Gobert doesn't exist?
2: I mean Rudy Gobert. You know I, I I'm not shitting on him or anything. Like I I mean in terms of accolades, sure, but I I, I don't ride with him. Let's just say that. Um, uh... Fuck man guys fucked up my team. I had, like, a list ready. Uh, I can't my... believe
0: you thought you were going to get Jason Tatum in the second round, yo. Yeah, not. Okay. That's criminal, gonna... bro.
2: I mean, I don't know. He could have thought that freaking Trey Young was better. Who knows? I thought you were honestly, like, I had a feeling you might pick Job, but I did not know. Well, you know what, uh, Job
1: would have been a sec- good second pick, too, though. Yeah,
2: yeah. that's true. Um, with okay. my second pick, though, I'm going to choose... Or, sorry, not my second pick, but my second pick in this round. Or going into the next round, sorry. I'm going to pick Anthony Edwards. You mm, son of a god. That's a good pick. The, the baby goat.
0: <laughs> you, baby. Yo, have y'all ever watched him play Madden against the Madden God? Yo, Y'all got to watch that. Y'all got to watch <laughs> yo, that. Yo, he's
1: actually hilarious. Yo, he's actually Oh, dude, that's one of the funniest videos of all time. <laughs> yo, he's was, just oh awful. My funny, dude. He's was, oh, my goodness. He's the business. Oh, my
0: Y'all, y'all, y'all thought Kermit Washington? I think that's the last name. of Y'all thought Kermit was talking that shit. Nah, y'all, y'all gotta watch, y'all gotta watch him play. Uh, y'all watch play Madden. Okay, from one bucket to another bucket, I need a, I need a solid two. So for that reason, give me. If he were to retire today, I think he's the second greatest Canadian of all time. Low key, give me SGA Shay Gildersh Alexander.
1: Son of a. Boys are just wiping my picks off the floor right
0: now. All right, Ruben, tell me why you're picking Malachi Flynn.
1: You guys hear anything? Or
0: <laughs> You got you don't want the Toronto savior? The man who hey. dropped, I think, what, 53 points in a pro-am because hey. we can take that and project that to the league?
1: I hey, put that on my face. All right, I'm going to select LaMelo Ball.
2: Fuck
1: you, man. Sorry. <laughs> Literally my next. pick. Yo, that's a nice. Yo, I'm gonna run Trey Young, Luka Doncic, and the mellow Ball as my th- one, two, three. And then my next f- and final, well, at least the second pick for this round. Hmm. Hmm. I was gonna go controversial, but oh, I won't, and it. I'll stay with a safe pick. I'll I'll stick with DeAndre Ayton.
0: Mmm. Like All like right. That. So hold up, hold up. Oh, this is your pick DJ? Yeah, it is mine. Oh, my, bad, my bad. My bad. This boy was like, "Man, you better take my pick." i'm <laughs> looking at this, looking at everybody that's available. There's, there's one guy on here that nobody on this entire draft board can really take a claim to. And that's the fact that he has a whole song named after him. So for that reason, I got holes. Calling. call that? Give me Mo Bamba, man. <laughs> Come on. I got holes. <laughs> calling. Give me Mr. Fuck Shit Bitch. All right, Chin, go ahead.
2: All right. I got two picks, right? Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be that bitch, personally because I think the guard lo- guards on this list are like ridiculously good. So I'm gonna take two guards with my next two pick. I'm gonna be taking Dejounte Murray and the Aaron Fox.
0: De- Dejounte Murray is 25. I'm pretty sure.
2: I thought. You, oh, is he not on this list? Oh, my bad. I don't
0: think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I Sorry, got him on the person. Okay, fuck. Keep the clock going. I got the uh,
0: Christian thought he hit a lick. <laughs>
2: my bad. My bad.
0: That's um, cool.
2: All right. Instead, then I'm going to I'm gonna still take De'Aaron Fox. I mean, without question. And then I'm gonna to have to also take. Has anyone taken Robert Williams a the third?
0: They have not. Um, all right. I'm taking. Fuck. I wanted right, Mm, I like that. I respect that. Okay. When I look at my team, you know, I've I've got a whole starting five here. You know, when I'm thinking about Reuben's team, we're just switching on to Trey Young and we're cooking that motherfucker all day long, all day long. <laughs> so I now, mean, that's Reuben,
1: fine. I got DeAndre Aiden in the back line.
0: The fuck, DeAndre ain't gonna do?
1: I got DeAndre in the back line, baby.
0: DeAndre Aiden got 150 M's averaging 15 and, and 11. That's all right.
1: That's all right. You're going to switch on him, but then we're coming right back down, we're going to give the ball to B.I. Nothing there. Give it to Doncic. Nothing there. Get a trade. Nothing there. Lamella ball. Download DeAndre Aiden. Can't stop us. Can't stop what you can't see because they already passed you. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? What did you say, motherfucker? <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck you were saying. What did you say? What did you say? Okay. Uh For my pick, I'm going to go with uh, a guy that if he played the whole season, it's a big argument that he could have been Rookie of the Year. Give me Cade Cunningham.
1: Ailyn Green. <laughs> I heard.
0: You know, you know I, I love my Filipinos, but, you know, I, I need a guy that's not going to chuck up 20 shots and make five holes. As much as I love Jalen Green. But all right, Chris, no, Christian, right? Yeah, yeah, because Ruben Wait. picked. Oh, is it Roop? My bad, my bad.
1: Okay. Damn, brother. All right, so I'm taking Mel. and no, I'm just kidding. I've got, uh wow, this is getting to the, the money team area now. But uh you know what? I need some wings. So I'm going to take the Canadian boy, RJ Barrett.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah. I like that. I, like that. Okay.
1: I think he's going to have a breakout here, by the way.
0: I do think
2: so as well, honestly. I
0: think I, yeah.
1: huge year. He's going to play with Brunson. Brunson's going to be really beneficial to him. And then I think, wow, this is a really nice list of players.
0: Um, I'm going
1: to stick with the big because I don't want you guys taking all the good bigs because there aren't very many on here. So I'm going to go with John Collins.
0: Mm, nice respect respect okay hmm for me I don't don't really see too many holes in my team you know we got the playmaking we got the shooting we got the ISO score we got the rim protection with Mo Bamba so let's add on to that give me defensive player of the year finalist Uh, this is a world where they're fully healthy so he's not gonna play two games but give me Jaron Jackson Jr.
2: damn Right, Dude, pick you guys picked pick my last two my next two
0: picks.
1: <sighs> so I heard you're gonna take Obi Toppin and Rui Hashimura?
0: <laughs> nah nah. Christian wants well Christian That's wants what him I'm some Alper and Shangoon.
1: Oh okay, true, true. I heard yo, I heard you're taking Emmanuel quickly,
0: DJ? Of course.
1: I heard.
0: That's I heard. I, I got like a small collection of quickly rookie cards. So when he when he wins five six man of the year awards, you know, ching baby. I mean seventh
2: I mean seven man year, seventh man <laughs> of the year. Uh, has anyone picked Jerry's Garland? I don't think so. Right? No, he's yours if you want. And the disrespect. I mean. Oh man!
1: D- there's one name we forgot on here too. But Wait. also, I'll tell
2: it later. I'll tell it later. Is it Victor, Webb, and Yama? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> oh, never mind, uh, never mind. I can't, I can't. Oh, never mind, so I was going to say OG and Obi, but he just turned 25.
0: Yeah, there were like a bunch of guys I was looking uh, like.
2: He oh. just turned 25 this summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Darius Garland.
0: Okay, who's your sec- Who's your next pick?
2: And then with my next pick, I probably need a wing. I don't really have a true wing. I'm going to take someone I think is super solid. going to take Kelvin Johnson.
0: Hey, if we're talking guys who are gonna take a big jump, Calvin Johnson's gonna—he's
2: gonna, he's yes, gonna average like
0: twenty-two points when the Spurs go like seven and fifty-nine. I'll that doesn't even equal eighty-two, but that's just the record of a uh, little little trivia fact—the worst <laughs> win percentage in NBA history with the uh, Charlotte Bobcats. And when I look at guys who are going to take that big step next year, there's this one guy I'm really holding a lot of faith onto. And for that reason, give me Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner, Soccer. Franz Wagner is a dog, you know. Franz Wagner had yeah, like, here, like here, the most he'll points. Hell of a Hell yeah! I don't. I think he. Not that he was disrespect or anything, but he
1: flew a no, he's mad. He sucks.
0: <laughs> Yeah, true, true. But his but ability strict. to like be a part of the positionless basketball, create his own shot. He's got underrated playmaking in my opinion. Defends the ball decent for, you know, being a rookie, but yeah, Franz Wagner.
1: Rube's he's a good player, man. He's, he's he's really good. He was he definitely should have been more in the rookie of the year conversation more than
0: people 100%. Of. 100%. But I, Rube, Over to you. How many you have now, Rube? Is this 8 and 9? I got 7, seven?
1: so we got two picks and then my last one I'm, I'm at the end. Okay. So, um See, this is where the money team happens. These are the money decisions. How can you fill your roster? So I like I like my collection of guards: Luca, Trey, Lamelo Ball. I think I've got the best guard rotation out here. I got. I don't know about that,
2: sorry, and I'm Luca Doncic, Trey and Lamelo Ball. The hell are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I got okay. No, we'll talk about this after.
1: I got a oh. uh, okay. So I got R.J. Barrett, DeAndre Aiden, John Collins. I like. I've got a lot of names right now. But uh, I need some dogs. I need some dogs. And so I'm going to go left field here a little bit. I'm going to go left field because I know on the court he's a major contributor and defensive and offensive-minded player who contributed to a lot of winning this rookie. Io Ayo Ayo
0: Mm, That's a good pick. I like Ayo. I respect that. Left
1: field. I respect so- that. Because he can play multiple, at least he can play, you know, two uh, two to three positions. He can guard two to three positions, so I like him at the wing if I needed to go extra small.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my next pick. This is a tough one. Actually, no, it's not that tough. I'm going to go with Gary Trent Jr.
0: Mm, I like that. That's That's the homer pick. I respect that
1: like I my guy Great and I think um you know he had an awesome year last year and I think he's going to have a bigger year this year.
0: He's he's averaging 20 for sure,
1: no doubt. He's probably yeah, he's probably going to average 20 this no year. Kizzy. Maybe three steals like if he's a 20 point 3 steal player, dude.
0: He, he might he might low key garner some some all-star votes. I'm not going to make it, but
1: he could. He could. he's not going to make it,
0: but he could. No doubt. Okay. For me, when I look at uh, the team, I, I got a lot of bit of everything. Jason Tatum can play one to four. Scotty Barnes can play one to four, even some five if I really needed to. But, you know, I got the size, so I don't really need that. So give me another 3 and D wing. This is a player that uh, it's one of my personal favorite players of in the NBA right now. He's a guy that has been the product of uh, being in a shitty situation. But... Given how small the Knicks are going to be next year, I hope that that gives him a chance to really cement his place. Cam Reddish. Give me Cam Reddish. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Cam, Cam Reddish is that dude. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> Whatever, Ruben. Still, I'm still going Should at Trey All Game no Long. Com-
1: <laughs> no comments
0: whatever bro <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> man I, I don't get
2: <laughs> only Tyrese Halliburton still on the board Hey, bro, that hey you, crazy, don't about yo.
0: that. you don't worry about that
2: you got Jack Harlow's buddy
0: all I, all I see is Cam Reddish is that fucking dog and I got that dog
1: yeah dog in the bench <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shit. That, that's good. I, I don't even to come back. Hey, it's only because it's only because it's Tom Thibodeau. Put him on any other team. I'm not saying he's starting, but he's making an impact, at least, at the very least. <laughs> that brother wasn't
1: impacting the Tennessee Atlanta Hawks either.
0: What you, we're what? Actually. Mm, I, I will say this though.
1: He needs an opportunity, though. I do agree.
0: In, in in Game Six, he he was that fucking dude. Was what's the you, you guys know? You guys want to know something about Trey Young? You know, when it comes yeah, to, the, to the, the when it comes to right the, the nitty gritty, when it comes to the big clutch moments. Yeah, sure. You know, beat the Sixers or whatever. Fuck that. Where was he during Game Six of uh, the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, he was at a bum ass ankle. What happened in the first round this year? DeAndre Hunter was the best player on that fucking team. And that's why, give me, you know, Reddish. <laughs> All right. Are these your last two picks, Jen?
2: They are. All right. And I'm going to round it out uh, by kind of just picking players that fit into my remaining positions I need. So I'm going to take Tyrese Halliburton. Shit, nice. Let's go. And I am going to take Wendell Carter Jr. I think Ooh, he is so honestly... Good, bro. He is honestly, I think... One of the most underrated centers in the league right now. And the right, I mean, he's in a good position to honestly have huge year. I think. Um, I think he's definitely on Obama's level too. To be
0: honest, but yeah. Respect, respect. I Rube. This is this is your like last last pick, right? I think it's your pick. Oh wait, no, pick. yeah, because yeah, he is my back to back. Okay. Yeah. When I look at all this over here, you know, I got the scoring. I got the D. Cab Reddish Cam Reddish you know y'all know Cam Reddish there's yeah, anything there's anything about Cam Reddish, there's about Cam Reddish. And if there's anything anything you can say about Cam Reddish you can't say he's a bad defender that man that man got the clamps sometimes I think
1: you say what Cam Reddish is bring me my water <laughs> 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 like, yeah, you, know that, you know that video with Kenny Smith or like Ch- with Chuck was like you well, know, I was like when I see both Clinton you say, you, better, like, you know, say
0: hi he, to me you know he was about to like bring out like some super inspiration you know me and Akeem got to
1: talk hey. <laughs> like, hey, can he bring me some water
0: <laughs> alright this guy is definitely not gonna be bringing any water unless it's with his jumper give me Desmond Bane yeah, yeah. Oh, they, you know, <laughs> he <laughs> took Desmond the pick Bane. that he's
1: supposed to pick <laughs>
0: hey hey. <laughs> Desmond Bane's gonna be my Kyle Corver you know I don't give a fuck if he go to the rim he better spot out from the three first and then let that shit fly
1: <sighs> nice that's a good pick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man. I'm going to because you, you know a- better. Cam Reddish is garbage. Cam Reddish is not garbage, bro. Cam Reddish is <laughs> not garbage. I will oh, not take that slander. All right. Cam Reddish is Damn. the Lonzo Ball of this draft. Put him in the right situation, and he's going to flourish.
1: That's a fair. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair comparison. Damn, I don't know who to take for my last pick.
0: Come on, man! It's, Mo- it's Milwaukee's finest. You know you want to take momo with Kalish Philly. You saw you Yo, saw
1: him Omar, your you are 700. He's
0: not even on <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, oh wait! He's, he's, sorry, he's on my personal draft board. You know,
1: so- uh, Delano, B- Delano Banton.
0: If you want,
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> nah, hell no, I'm not taking you know, Delano Banton. But you know what? It? My team, my team is going small, so I'm going to stick with my small ball because. I think what my team does at that level is just as high as it comes. Between Luca, Trey, Lamello, Somu, I got a lot of ball handlers, got a shot a lot of shot creators, guys can spread the floor, play fast in the fast break. I mean, I know what it's like to play on a team where there's like no six footers, but you can outrun um, anybody on the floor and if you have good rotations you can you can uh, you can negate a lot of uh, you know, big players. So my final pick, and this twenty twenty two, U twenty five, backshots black top pod, is Tyrese Maxey. Right.
0: That's that's a good way to end off. Alrighty, Uh instead of kind of going off and like kind of figure out your lineups, let's do let's do off the cuff. So, how do you guys feel your team stacks up against everybody else's? Before that though. Uh, let's just go list off our teams real quick. I think let's go in the order of what we drafted. So, Ruben, run your team off for us, bro, bro.
1: So I've got uh, Luka Doncic, <clears throat> Trey Young, LaMelo Ball, Ayo Dasomu, Tyrese Maxey, Gary Trent Jr., RJ Barrett, Brandon Ingram, John Collins, and DeAndre Ayton.
0: Respect. Now, Ruben, give us a little little overview of how you think your team stacks up against everybody.
1: I like my team because I've fully invested in small ball, and I know that it works. Because when you have the best out of the best who can perform at the positions that they can, um, you have the best of the best ball handlers, at least at the U25. You know, Luka Doncic is, you know, the best in class out of, you know, the players at this moment. You know, you add that with Trey Young, LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Maxey, uh, just some of the guys that can, you know, go up and down the floor, can create shots. <clears throat> and I like that paired with, you know, lengthy shot creation between R.J. Barrett and Brandon Ingram. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is a bucket on fire most of the time. I like John Collins and his ability to run up and down the floor. He's got a lot of length on the defensive end as well. And then DeAndre Eaton, I just like that he can anchor my inside and we can throw it down low. Um, you know, really finesse inside post movements. He's got the nice mid-range jumper. Um, so pretty much this team can play very perimeter-oriented. I can play, um, if I wanted to match up big, I can go big, but I'm going to stick with the small ball and go with multiple guards on the floor at one time. And I think when you have really strong backward play, more more often than not, you're going to win a lot of games. And I got the best player. Out of the 25. So uh, I'll take my chances. With Luka Doncic.
0: I respect that. I respect that. Okay. Heading over to me. So I got Cade Cunningham, Shea Gilchis alexander Jason Tatum, Scotty Barnes, Desmond Bain, Cam Reddish, Franz Wagner, Evan Mobley, Triple J, and Mo Bamba. Now, when I think about this team, we have the ability to play a different, a bunch of different kind of forms of basketball. You know, we, we, we could play the small ball shit, sure. You know, Scotty run... Scottie run Point center, you know, and go to work. We can run conventional, you know, we got Evan we uh, Trey J, you know, uh, he can't grab a rebound to save his life. But at 6'11, you know he's gonna slot into center for me. Or if he's not feeling it, I got Mo Bamba. And Jason Tatum is a guy that uh I'm not saying his stocks at an all-time low, but uh it's tough when you're the second best player in the finals and you're getting paid that amount of money. But uh shit talking aside, Jason Tatum is uh one of the greatest things since sliced bread. He he has a lot of upside. He's led a team to the finals, and uh, he's gonna sign a fat ass contract next year. Scotty Barnes. I, I know Ruben been watching all the pro am games of Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes has been clapping motherfuckers left and right. You know it's the offseason. He's picking up James Harden 90, 90 feet, and he's clapping in his face. And when we see him do that in the regular season and the playoffs, hopefully it's gonna be it's gonna be must see TV. And his jumper looking a lot better. I got Desmond Bain. He's going to spot up. He's going to get in where he fits in. Cam Reddish. Y'all, talk it down on my man's name. Put some respect on that motherfucker's name. Cam Reddish is going to be a premium 3 and D wing.
2: Bronz Wagner,
0: premium 3 and D wing. Cade Cunningham, generational talent. 6'8", can play multiple positions, defend multiple positions, all of that. Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think in, when you look at the advanced stats, when you look at the isolation scoring, Very few match up to that man, so he's going to be, you know, a bit of that six-man role, get in where you fit in, get all the buckets you want in the world, and then we'll go from there. So I think this team has a a lot of potential. You put this team together, well, you could put all our teams together, probably going to win a chip, but when you look at this team, the ability to play multiple positions, switch on to multiple positions, that's right, Reuven, I like that, I like that. You see that? You see that, man? (laughs) That's a man that should have gotten more run in uh, Atlanta. That's a man that should get more run in New York. And that's a man that will get more run in New York. So, put My, some real respect reaction.
1: My real reaction to that damn pick.
0: You know why Nick Nurse's mouth is so open like that? Because, whoa, that was a good fucking pick. <laughs> 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 Alright, Christian, uh, end us off here.
2: Alright. Best for last as... Uh you know, as it should be. Uh, I'll do it in order of, uh, yeah, just in order of uh, position. I got De'Aaron Fox, John Morant, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton. we've got Zion Williamson, Jared Allen, Keldon Johnson, Robert Williams III, and Wendell Carter Jr. Nice um,
0: team. A solid yeah,
2: team, so... Man. Um, the yeah, to be honest, like, my team could honestly like rotate between any players on any given day. I mean, between De'Aaron Fox, John Morant, Tyrese Halberton, and Darius Garland, they're all quite literally, you know. Besides Tyrese, and I think next year it's very possible like they're all all star guards. And then do you have Anthony Edwards, who I think I'm gonna slip into like the like the three. Personally, I think he's like big enough and kind of has that frame, and he is posingly six six now, so he's. Goat goat size. Um, I, I do think I, he, I could see him playing the three. Um, and it's part of my game, too. Like, I mean, I have Zion at the four. Um, and then, really, if I didn't want Jeremy Allen starting, got Robert Williams at third as well. So I think, like, the small ball game would be pretty pretty immaculate. Um, pretty. Yeah, I don't know what else to say, honestly. I'm I, like. I feel like if we were to throw this into 2K right now, I'd I'd beat all your teams by 30, respectfully. Um, I honestly, like, I look at this team and I don't even know how I'd structure this because I have, like, 10 players that could, like, start anywhere in the NBA regardless of, like, where they're at. I,
0: I like the confidence. I like the confidence. And speaking of... Yeah, uh, how many
1: all-star players do you have on each team?
0: Chris uh, has definitely got the lowest.
1: <laughs> I got the How lowest. How many players do you have that are, are all stars that have been all stars? I think I got no, I got I got four. You got four. who are they? Zion, Ja. Zion, ja. Oh, Garland was an all-star. I, I,
2: yeah, I, was was an all-star. I
0: think I have
2: the and least deal. <laughs> Look at my Jared Allen. Yeah, Jared Allen was an all-star. And let's be real, like, Anthony Edwards, like, he kind of just flipped out this year. Like, I have players who are, like, outside of, like, the All-Star name, like, should be on, like, another three of my players, honestly. How many All-Stars
0: do you have? So, officially, I only have one. Jason told <laughs> <laughs> But, hey, <yep>. hey <laughs> and when we look at it, SGA has the capability of being an All-Star. He should be an All-Star, but he always gets shut down. Kate Cunningham, generational talent, for sure going to have a few all-stars. Scotty the Barnes.
1: Ceiling of a team.
0: Hmm?
1: Your team has the highest ceiling.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know who's the one guy going to make this shit all go? Cam motherfucking Reddish. Scotty Barnes, too. Scotty, Scotty Barnes, too. Scotty <clears throat> don't average a cool 20, yeah, 10, and 5.
1: His name should be Cam Rubbish.
0: You know, Reuben? Cam <laughs> Rubbish I'm going to say it right here on the pod. Cam Reddish is going to be a solid, super solid rotational player Knicks <laughs> this year. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's going to average a cool 12, 5, and 3.
1: All right, so uh, the next order of business here is... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but for real, Cam Reddish I will I will live and die on this hill. Cam Reddish has the capability of being on the level of an R.J. Barrett. He just hasn't really gotten his proper shine. I don't think he's going to really get it in New York, honestly. But what he's going to be able to do in New York, work hard and uh, save Jalen Brunson's ass on the defensive end. Because that motherfucker is going to get cooked every night. I mean,
1: he's going to get cooked by Luka Doncic anyway, so. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. All right. <laughs> I've got four all-stars in my i got Luca, Trey, Lamelo, and Brandon Ingram, so, and, uh, you, know. They, you know. I think
0: that alone, I, I think Ruben's team, if you throw him in, they'd probably do the best, but, like, immediately.
1: I do like a lot of size, man. Yeah. Was- I'm lacking size, so if you know how to utilize that size. You
0: know, come on, man. This is a back shots podcast. You know, we know I how to do this. don't matter. We got you to be Filipinos in this we damn we building, building right now. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, we all about five, seven, five, nine, around there, but that's like, man, that's six feet in the Philippines, baby. That's all That's all that matters. <laughs> yes, yeah, Ersky. Hundies, Hundies. Cam um, rubbish. I will not stand for that. Yeah, put put some respect on my man. Cam Reddish is gonna he's gonna put motherfuckers on notice this year. Just know that. Just know that. Just know that.
1: See this right here? You see the the kids eating barbecue chicken? That it's looks Luka Doncic against Cam Rubbish this year.
0: That looks more like Luka Doncic against Jalen Brunson when he returns. I'm gonna say it right here, Luka probably gonna have fifty on Jalen Brunson's ass when they when they go to the when they go to the Garden.
1: That's big bangs.
0: He's definitely, he's definitely going to cook Jalen Brunson. (laughs) This has been another episode of the Blacktop Podcast. We're super happy to be back. And uh, boys, any last little uh, messages to give off before we we end this thing?
2: I'm so excited to see Cam Reddish play next year. I am am also pretty excited to see Cam Reddish play next year.
0: That's what I love to hear. That's what I love to hear. (laughs) <laughs> in all honesty he's 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 probably gonna i hope he gets traded again because you know you know what you know what hey, he goes, honestly? i hope he goes to the jazz and he puts motherfuckers on notice put him in that oh. trade let him let him be the dude over there. Is it's gonna be fireworks baby just know that
1: i would have loved the raptors
0: see yeah he'd put hmm. I, I don't know where he'd fit in there though because i feel like
1: They need, they need, they need, they need length. They need wings. He can guard multiple positions. And Cam Reddish is that kind of guy.
0: Yeah. All
1: all seriousness, but I digress. Cam Reddish is a wow. (laughs)
0: That's the respect of my man, y'all. That's that's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. So, with that being said, stay safe, stay blessed. We'll see y'all soon. Oh. Oh. Oh back shots back, oh. shots back shots back shots uh-huh. Uh-huh.